to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about that one thing we are all bound by, books. I'm historical fiction author Hannah Byron, and today I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Daniela Bannister. Hello, hello. Yes, I am Danielle Bannister, and I write primarily romance novels. And on today's podcast, I wanted to talk a little bit about the questions that we get as authors. And I know that the question that I get the most as an author is, where do you get your ideas from? So I'm going to ask you that question. So Hannah, how does it work for you? Do you, do you get glimpses of a character? Or do you form a full story before you sit down to write? Or, or what do you do to get that, that idea on the page? Oh, that is a very interesting question. And indeed, I get that question as well. <laughs> I think that is what people find so almost magical about yeah. our our work, that you could actually come up with an idea and then write a book about it. So I generally have a character and a story um, evolves around that character. It's like... Uh, it starts off quite vaguely. I mean, it's and then it's like I'm peeling off things and I see and in my case, they're always women because I write um, uh, women's odysseys, so to say. So journeys of and and so far, it's generally young women. So in their early 20s or even um, 18, 19. And they, um, yeah, so they are still quite inexperienced with life and I see the challenges ahead of them I see what they look like and um, I feel so to say their soul so that uh, what they that the desire that they want and and the, yeah the, the the obstacles they will have to overcome and I generally also see um, the opposing characters as well so the people that will uh, stand in her way um, and it sort of organically evolves so it is the conflict and the character that come to me where they come from yeah if we had an answer to that <laughs> <laughs> we would yeah. be able to create a world i think yeah. no. so yeah. it's 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 more it's a fake process and it and with you know plotting i ask myself uh, questions i uh, use um, oh there you go i've got a book downstairs so i i use the anatomy of story by john Truby. oh okay to, yep do you, do you know that? I know that book. I have not read it, but I, but I have heard that book referenced I use several that. times. So, so, yeah. I use that when I have the idea, then I go and sit down and, and think about the theme and think about mm -hmm. the, the development of the story. Right. I know it is a fake answer that probably won't um, satisfy our <laughs> listeners, but it's the best I can do at the moment. What about you? Yeah, yeah it's it, it, it varies. I mean, sometimes it's literally, you know, walking across the living room I I see a, a scene play out in my head just a, a certain scene play out and I'm like oh who are you and what is your story and so I'll have to like just grab a, a piece of notebook paper and sort of write down 
the, the, the little snippet that I had. And then that gets the brain going of, oh, who is this character? And, you know, what are they about? And, and I use um, Save the Cat Writes a Novel as sort of my outlining process. So probably very similar, I would assume, in, in, in terms yeah, of, of, of that. Okay. So, so usually when I get that little, that little thread of an idea, the next thing that I do is I print out sort of a blank template of that outline to so see see how many pieces I can plug in of that while while that thread is is in my head can I pull out what that the theme of the story might be can I pull out you know any details about the character from that tiny little nugget that I that I got um or it's sometimes even just a line of dialogue I'm like oh why would somebody say that? And what, what would the situation be in which they would, would say that? But I think that, that that maybe that's part of, I'm an actor as well. So I think that I, I see things in my mind as, as scenes playing out in either a stage yeah. or, or film or something. So that's interesting because that means that you have a different, if I see it correctly, that it's slightly different. You see more of a scene, mm. whereas I see a character. I feel I'm, I'm a very, um, if you do, if I do these tests, I'm a, an intuitive writer. Yep, so yep. I feel a character. Yep. With me, it starts all with the character. Yep. And in your, if I understand it correctly, it is a flash of a scene or a scene. Yeah, it's a flash of a scene, but I, there's definitely a, a connection to the characters. So it's, it's, it's definitely what has driven these characters to be in this moment and, and, why are they in this scene? Um, so it's 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 not necessarily a, a plot that comes to me, but it's like a flash of the character's personality. Like I get a slice of who they are, but not the full story. If that, but makes you, you any see sense. more than one character at the same time. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I'll see full full scenes play out, and I'll be like, okay. You know, sometimes it'll be the end of a book. Sometimes it'll be the middle of a book. Sometimes it's it's just a, an essence of of characters, and then I sort of flesh out um, that ideas. But it always it, they all the ideas always seem to come when I am doing something other than sitting down to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's when I'm doing the dishes or folding yeah. the laundry or in a massive yeah. rush, and I don't have time to think that the idea will spark and it's yeah. like I don't have time to write this idea down and that's that's yeah. of course when the muse comes out to play yeah yeah <laughs> but, but that is that is just that is brain work eh? so the brain is sort of uh, busy with something else and that is where the um the idea can can actually enter you because it comes from outside yeah you could say it also comes from inside but it certainly is intuitive happening that can only take place the moment you're not concentrated you can't yes. conjure it you can't yeah. say now I want to have a great idea <laughs> exactly but this is this is important yeah, because I it think is. that is what most readers think that we sit at our desks and take a paper and say okay now I'm going to write this yeah. story now the ideas will flow yeah no it, it 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 isn't like that but you you do still have to sit down and you still have to write but but oftentimes when I sit down and write and I start to go oh I don't really know what comes up I will step away from my desk and I will go try to do something monotonous and I will try to go clean something up just to maybe try to trigger that 
let's turn the brain off for a second so maybe the idea can seep in. And a lot of times it, it works. So, I mean, not only is it good to get up and stretch and get your eyeballs off the screen and physical health, but it's also a good mental practice to just step away from a second and, and let that, that sort of seep in. But I'm going to be the advocate of the devil now. Okay. Have we, <laughs> have we answered the question, where does the, do the ideas come from? The muse. The idea comes from the muse. Okay. They are in charge of all of the ideas. And I, why the muse comes up with these ideas and these characters, I have no idea. That's a job for a psychiatrist, not for me. I agree totally but I think so could you say then that it is like a gift that we or do you think everyone gets these inclinations these insights these sudden flashes but just doesn't that we have learned to act on them yeah, that's that's a, a good question I mean I I I don't know I mean I I I know that, that that there are some people that that have more creative minds and some that have more like logical minds that, you know, are really good at one thing. And maybe if, if you have a more uh, creative mind, that's those types of images might come in your head and whether or not you write them down or you paint them or you write a song about them, perhaps how it comes out, that creativity comes out in, in that way. Um, but that, that's a good question. I, I, I would love to know the answer to, to people. Do people stop and have scenes play out in their heads that, that didn't actually happen? Or am I just crazy? <laughs> right. And, and, and how, if you do, that, that is such important information that comes to you that it, it, it is important to, to find a form for it. And as you say correctly, that can be any creative form, but that you actually act upon it. Because that is probably the only difference between person who, who, who finishes books, who writes books and finishes them and pu- puts yeah. them out in the world and people who, who think about it. Yeah. It, that that's the hard part is is doing the work and this is that's actually a good question to to ask you I mean maybe maybe you've never been asked this but in terms of talking about questions that we get asked a lot as authors a question that I get a lot is oh I have this really good idea for a story do you want it so that you can write it for me I mean do you do you ever get those types of, of questions yeah. of people trying to pawn off their stories onto you to for yeah. you to write yeah. What do you yeah. say to people when they say, will you write my story? Yeah, well, I, I can't because it's their story, yeah. first and foremost. So it probably comes back to what we were talking about earlier, especially these people that ask these questions and that are very sort of, yeah, astonished that you don't take their idea that you, I mean, I have at least 100 books in my head that I still have to read to write so I, I, I wouldn't be able to take on another hundred from somebody else but I think that actually is what we were talking about so these people have those those flashes they probably see maybe even a large part of their book but they just have no idea yeah where to start and how to start. Well, neither did we when we first started, right? So, no, I mean, but so what, what was the, what was that, what was that thing that 
um, said that we were actually going to do it, you know, because I would I would really always encourage people to write their own stories. Absolutely. I have more than you, um, perhaps, I don't know, but more people who ask me to write nonfiction stuff mm. or say, oh, yeah, um, could you help me with writing my story on on an accident I had and I I came out it uh, very well and now I want to write my memoir and I go like no I can't because I can't write non-fiction I I haven't tried my hand at it but I it's fiction and non-fiction are two very different beasts and I think when people see that that you're a writer they just assume that you can write anything across the board that that just means you're you're good at it all yeah it doesn't mean that at, no. not at all. I would never touch a nonfiction either. That's that's not no no, no way at all. No. No. So so yeah, so are we are we trying to, to solve some myth myths here around <laughs> uh, yeah. the writing process? It, it, if you have a story, right? If you have this story and, and you're trying to give it to somebody else to write, no, that's your story. No, no writer is gonna possibly be able to tell your story it's your story it's only going to come out right if you do it so I think that that's a way to maybe empower them to do it themselves is it a lot of work yes that's why not everybody does it it's a lot of work if you really want to have your story out you have to put the work into doing it and that's I think where the roadblock comes for people is that how do I do it well you you research, you ask people, you find out, you, you, you do the work, you put the time in. It's not here, let me just pawn this off to you. No, no, no. If you want it, you've got to do the work, right? Yeah. But have you ever been asked to ghostwrite a, a book then? I have not. And and and, and I wouldn't ghostwrite. Um, I want the credit. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's just me being egotistical, but I want the credit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work to write a book. That is one option. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They they could certainly ghostwrite. They could they could absolutely do that. But uh, but for for me, I yeah, I couldn't ghostwrite for somebody. No, no, but that is if you really. But I think uh, there are also many people out there who who have like dyslexia and think that that's the reason they can't write a book but that's not true either no not at all we know so many dyslexic um authors don't we and there there are other ways you can can go around things too i mean you can dictate books now and you know you could hire like like i said you could hire a ghostwriter you know you could have your ideas on there and so i mean there are ways around it will be more challenging sure but yeah, life is life is nothing but hurdles, and you have to jump the ones that you want to clear. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. So. And what other questions have you had from people um, about if 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 you if you say to somebody um, if they ask you what do you do and you say I'm a writer what is that general <laughs> reaction? <laughs> well, they'll they'll be like, well, what have I, what have I read of yours? I don't know what you've read of mine. You might not have read anything of mine. I don't know what you read. I don't have your library. I don't know. Or they want to know how much do you make because they <laughs> want to somehow validate. Are you worth talking to? Maybe. I don't know. Like, do you make enough money that that you yeah. that you qualify in my mind to be a writer? You know, have you yeah. met my 
personal yeah, well, threshold or, of success? Or just because they, they know Neil James or Patterson or Stephen King. Right. And they think that if you if you write that you that you are automatically an, a millionaire. Right, right. You know, well, and, that, and, and I'm from Maine, so that, everybody just assumes that Stephen King and I are close buds. Yeah, he lives about 45 minutes away from me, but we've never met. So, you know, it's it's about time. It is high time that we met, I say. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, that that is an assumption that, you know. Yeah, Yeah, that is something that they think. Or do you also get the idea, the 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 question then? Okay, so you you don't do really much during the year. I mean, you could easily do some volunteer work or spend your. So it doesn't take a lot of time. Right. Yeah. Writing doesn't take yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> Says <laughs> it's easy to say that when you've never actually put the time in to, to write a book, it takes I mean, it, I guess it's because when you read a book, you can do it in a few hours. Right. So it doesn't feel like it would take a lot of time to do mm. it because you can consume mm. it so quickly. Yeah. But it can take months, years <laughs> to, to 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 write yeah. a book. You know, it, so, it, there's a lot involved. Yeah. So the, if you have, um, so how many hours a day generally do you do you spend on your writing career? That's a really good question. And I, I should have like, you know, I write from this time to this time. Um, I, I instead write sort of goals that I want to achieve during the day. So do I want to write uh, two chapters today or do I want to edit three chapters? So I tend to go by, by chapter length. And so I'll, I'll, I'll budget out however long. And so I, I know personally say that that writing a chapter is going to take me probably longer to do than getting some edits in. So I'll, I'll try to pick days that I'm writing on days that I know I don't have a lot going on that day so that I'm able to give myself time. But I give myself the whole day in order to get that done because that creativity can mm-hmm. come and go. And so you've got to mm-hmm. sort of also leave room for that muse to come out and play and, and have some time uh, to think and to mull and to, to marinate yeah. ideas. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that is also very different um, for every, every writer. Absolutely. I mean, you have writers that, that spend like eight hours in their yep. office every day yep. and you have people that binge write and that write for three yep. months um, Some writers will only stops. write it at midnight and will go yeah. all night long. And yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to. And that's part of the other thing is you have to find what works for you because yeah. that writing process is completely yeah. unique. And if anybody says this is the only way to do it, run away from them. Yeah. <laughs> that is not yeah, the only but, way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but you could say that generally speaking, a book takes an X number of hours to write, whether you do it in one go or whether you do two hours every day, you know, it is an immense job. I mean, yes. yeah, it's not something that, and writers never have vacations they no. because they're always thinking about the next yes. book or the, or what is happening. They're always the, plotting it, in the head. Yeah. 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 So it, it's a constant process. Can you think of any other questions that readers ask you? I suppose uh, when I get a lot are, are, are the stories you, is, is this real? Did this really happen? Uh, are you, you know, did, is this just, you know, you with the name change, you know? And, and I think, I'll, I'll, I think people sometimes will just 
assume that a character is is you and you know that can can get awkward if you're writing like sexy books or something like that you're like calm down calm down (laughs) i even had it one time that they my main character that they used Hannah, my first name. Well, you've you've certainly dug the the hole yourself there. (laughs) But but what about they say that every book is slightly? Oh yeah, there's. I mean, there is definitely truth, a thread of truth in everything that I write. Now, whether that is a character trait. What, you know, is it that this particular character doesn't like nature? Okay, that was totally me. I don't like nature, but maybe nothing else is. I don't like bugs, Hannah. I don't <laughs> like bugs. I don't <laughs> like them. So I know I sh- there's a big look of shock on her face. I'm not a big nature person because of the bugs. If there were no bugs, I'd be outside all of the time, but I don't like bugs. Okay, we have a big tick problem here in Maine. I don't want Lyme. Okay, so I am I am paranoid of the bugs. So if a character has like a, that sort of quirk, yeah, I'll throw that in. But everything else about that character is completely fictional. Um, maybe a character has brown hair. Okay, yeah, I have brown hair. But you know, but it, it's like a tiny bit of it, or uh, perhaps a, a moment in time where a character felt broken or lost, you know, God knows that puberty, we all went through feeling less than I might pull from from past memories and give my my characters those emotions. But it's not something that I'm currently going through or currently dealing with. It's, you know, sort of pulling from past things. But then there are other things that are completely fictional or or I'll pull gestures from a friend who really likes to speak with their hands, maybe, and I'll pull that in. And so, I mean, yes, there are elements of truth, but is, say, the ABCs of D about Danielle Bannister? No, not at all, you know, so. No, but I think that is what uh, non-writers, people who don't write, find so fascinating. How are you able to create people that are almost like alive that are not coming from your own experience, that they sort of can't figure out how that works well, it's, it's playing pretend isn't it I mean it's just it's like being yeah. a kid and, and just playing pretend and having imaginary friends in in yeah. your mind so I mean I think it's just letting that that creativity of, of childhood just continue on as an right. adult that is a very good yeah and what I find most beautiful of all is that my imaginary friends if readers really love them you know and feel that they are real that is the the best compliment you can get you know that because you've created them then yeah I mean it really does feel when you're writing that you have birthed characters that you have birthed these people into being and so like if a character gets hurt or a character dies or a character gets angry we as I mean I don't want to speak for you but I, I think most writers feel that pain or that anguish or that joy when they're writing it. I mean, I know I weep when sad things happen and, you know, through every subsequent edit, it's like, why did I write this? I am throwing myself (laughs) into emotional turmoil every time. Why am I doing this to myself? 
but yeah, I mean, it really, do, they yeah. do feel like real people, which is yeah. kind of, I guess, weird. <laughs> no, it, yeah, well, I, I call myself a co-creator. So I, there is a, the, for me, there is the big creator and I may co-create. So that is, that is a very blessed situation, in fact, that you, that we don't create them. Yeah, none of our books so far have been made into movies. But if that happens, <laughs> yeah, my, if that would happen, they would actually become real yeah. people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the next step. But we see them, mm. you know. Oh, absolutely. As, and that is that I find that that, yeah, you actually add people to this world without overcrowding. It. That's right. We're, we're, we're environmentally friendly with <laughs> with the people that we create. <laughs> Dear. So I, I, I wanted to ask you this because this is actually something that that I've I've wanted to ask you. Um, and I, I, I've probably asked you in a, a simpler way, but w- with you, you you write um, historical fiction. And so we were talking a lot about character work. And for me, your writing, it almost feels like the locations of where you write become characters as well. Do you find that, that, that that's true? Do you, do you think that sort of writing sort of this wonderful prose and description stuff becomes like a character to you? Or I guess, what, what are your thoughts on yeah, I don't know. So in that make-believe state, I actually go back in time and I walk around in that scene and I just describe what I see. So I I don't truthfully, the character is always central in, in the scene. So every scene that I describe, every description I make is a backdrop for the for the for the character, so to say. So I do see it, but I do describe what I see. But it don't. I wouldn't say that I feel. I will. I will pay attention to it when I'm doing description. Whether I actually feel the aliveness of that, because if readers read that, that is that's really fantastic. Because to me, it's it's always just describing what I see and and how. Yeah, like I just finished a book on the Second World War and. Um, it was the deliberation of Paris and they had barricaded the streets with all these sandbags and these resistance fighters were standing behind them with their rifles, women and men. And I just see it. I, mm. I can see the contours of these bags. I can almost feel the texture, you know, and see their black berets. And so I don't know. Yeah, maybe that means that it's just the same co-creation expert work as with the characters, you know. Mm, yeah, I, I guess I'm a little jealous of, of your ability to, to be able to, to do sort of that sort of level of description. That's an area that I don't I, I don't feel that I'm very strong in. So I tend to set my realities in contemporary locations and contemporary settings so that I don't need to describe things a lot because people have a sense of what a living room looks like, say, or they know what a coffee shop kind of feels like. So I don't have to give them too many clues, but you're like doing historical stuff and, you know, you're bringing us back in time. So you're, you're setting that, that, that time and place for us. And that's work that, that I'm tending not to do because it's hard. (laughs) 
Yeah, but I think even if I, I would describe um, a modern bar, I would still go about the fake leather of the tops of the i would see that immediately that's, what, that's what i'm saying that, that I'm, I'm jealous sort of i guess of that just but i would i would almost imagine that you with your creativity would if you if you just see the setting if you see the room that you and you start describing that i think you yeah. would get very far as well possibly i think i i i may, I may tend to latch on to dialogue a lot because I guess when I'm a re when I'm reading stuff that's what I'm most interested in when I'm reading a book I want to know what the characters are saying to each other and that then again that's probably sort of the actor brain in me I want to I want to know what the, the character dynamic is and I'll sort of skip over the stuff that I probably shouldn't skip over but for me as a reader I want to know what the dialogue is so I, I think my books are maybe more dialogue heavy because of that because I want to know that character dynamic I want to know what they're saying to each other I want to see it like on a like on a stage or on a screen um but yeah. you you have to have it a balance can... you can't just all be dialogue or else you're yeah. writing the script <laughs> no I I have a like a signal in myself if I do the description now I need to have action or talking again yeah. but it might be actually an, an interesting project for us to to combine forces and <laughs> You do the dialogue because your dialogues are so spot on. Uh-huh. I mean that they are really, really um, so natural, and um, you can. But it would be nice to combine it. I think to actually see what what we can try. Help each to, other out. Lift each other up. Like yeah, you help me with I this. I help you with that. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I'll do the description and you do the, <laughs> do the dialogue and we do just one chapter and we, if we have a, a, a website for Bound by Books. That's right. We, we will, we will put, it, we'll put it up. Oh, that would yeah? be a good idea. I like that. I like that. I take you up on this challenge. <laughs> Well, I say, you know, we're, we're just about out of time for today, it looks like. So before we go, I wanted to give you, Hannah, an opportunity to let uh, viewers know, my listeners, I guess they're not viewers, listeners know where they might find you and your books. Yeah, so that is not too difficult. If uh, my website is www.hannabyron.com. And if you hop on there, you can join my newsletter and you can get a free book there. Yeah, well, working on on changing that into actually some more background to my Resistance Girls series on the Second Second World War. More about that later. And um, yeah, I'm also on Facebook, always if you type in Hannah Byron, you will probably, author Hannah Byron, you will probably find me. And um, what about you, Danielle? Where can I, we find you? Yeah, I'm at Danielle Bannister at wordpress.com. All the links to my social media are in there as well. But yeah, again, just a quick Google search of Danielle Bannister and that'll come up pretty much everywhere. So, uh, yeah, so I want to thank everybody for listening. Join us every Monday Monday at noon Eastern time as we continue the journey of how stories come to life and make us all bound by books.